0: We have come to a conclusion based on strict judgment and the conclusion is every Jew is indescribably precious. So it's not a lack of judgment, it's not non-judgmental, it is a premeditated conclusion. Every Jew is the apple of God's eye. This very patriotic guy who loved America went to Washington. And he was taking in all the views. He was so proud. He was so impressed. More technology? But then he noticed, not far from the White House, there was a building that didn't look like an American architecture. And he heard people singing, and they weren't American songs. And they were speaking, and it wasn't English or Spanish. The language of America. And when he saw the people there, They weren't dressed like Americans. So he was very offended. And he knocks on the door. The guy comes to the door and he says to him, how long have you been living in the United States? The guy says, 30 years. He says, 30 years you enjoyed all the benefits of this country and you don't have the decency to speak English? To dress like an American? To sing American songs? To build American structures? Shame on you. And the guy said, "Uh, excuse me, but this is the Norwegian embassy. (laughs) Our job is to show America how we live, how we dress, how we sing. If I dressed like you and sang the songs you sing and spoke the same language you speak, I would lose my job. So of course, the guy apologized and understood. Every Jew, wherever we are, we are an embassy. We're an embassy we are here in this world to show the world how it's done jewishly so if we dress different if we sing different songs we celebrate different holidays that's our job if we stop doing that we'll lose our job so are we justified in maintaining our customs? Of course we are. We are the embassy. The greatness of the Debs achievement was that he raised an entire generation of ordinary, average students. But he raised them with the conviction that they are embassies. That they are not private citizens, and that you don't live for yourself. You take responsibility for your family, for your community, for the world. Because we were born to make the world better. That's our mission, that's our job, that's our purpose. Now everybody can say that, everyone can teach that, but to actually imbue young students, boys and girls with an enthusiasm for this mission, this the Rebbe was unique. I remember sitting in yeshiva and seeing how the few shluchim that already existed then in the uh, early 60s, to see how they inspired others was so exciting that I uh, stopped studying very well because <laughs> I was impatient. I want to go out there and do something. The Deba's vision was really exciting Now, my family came to America in 1950 from Europe. The mood, the attitude in the religious community was one of hopelessness and despair. Everyone was convinced that that was the last generation of observant Jews After all, this is America, what worked in Europe can't work here. And they felt that they were the last, a dying breed, and that there wasn't going to be another generation of observant Jews. In fact, my grandfather once said to me, will you at least keep Shabbos? That's how desperate the thinking was. But we happened to live in Crown Heights. And there was one place, one building, one street that was always alive. There was always something going on. Late at night, early in the morning, people were singing. People were enthusiastic. It was irresistible. And I found out that that's 770. That's the Rebbe's center. And from there, the Rebbe took it upon himself to literally change the world. His father-in-law took it upon himself to destroy communism, to fight communism, which is a huge undertaking. Took a lot of sacrifice. Every Chabad family lost a father, a husband, a son, in the fight against communism. But in the end, as we all know, Judaism won. Communism is dead, and Judaism is thriving in the former Soviet Union, unbelievably. But that was a limited battle a battle against communism. The Rebbe's ambition was to change the world. Step number one in changing the world is to get people to think beyond themselves. No one has the luxury of being a private citizen. We all have an effect. We all create a circle, some larger, some smaller, but no one is really a private citizen. The attitude, live and let live, not by the Rebbe. Live and make sure everybody else lives, a meaningful life. We have a Sunday night program for VIPs that you might be interested in. It's informal, it's questions and answers, it's conversation. It's really relaxed, it's really pleasant, enjoyable, informative, and uh, kind of community-like. It's a Sunday night program, there's a um, Wednesday morning program for the VIPs, and there's a Wednesday night program. All of it, just conversation, casual, laid back, unscripted. So join us, take a look, click uh, the link below and see which, which of the three suits you best and join us for some enjoyable conversation. All the experts predicted that without the Rebbe, this whole thing will fall apart. People who uh, went out to Siberia, to Vietnam, to uh, Zaire, Africa, to the Congo, they're all going to leave, and they're all going to come back to Crown Heights. Because without the Rebbe's inspiration, it wouldn't work. Well, they were wrong very, very wrong. Not only did no one leave their positions, but since the Rebbe's passing, the number of shluchim has doubled, more than doubled. Young people who had never really gotten to know the Rebbe, some have never even seen the Rebbe, and yet they can't wait. To find a place that needs their help and buy a one-way ticket and go there and do what they can for the community. What is the secret? Why is this working? There are a few things. Number one, the Rebbe came up with a with a premise all Jews want to be better Jews. This is this true? All Jews want to be better Jews. You couldn't convince anyone 50 years ago. No, on the contrary, everyone is becoming more secular. People are dropping out. Nobody wants to be more Jewish. They want to be less Jewish. We were having nose jobs, (laughs) shortening our noses, shortening our names. That's the direction. That's where things were going. The Rebbe said, no, Jews want to be better Jews. And that that desire is their truest, deepest desire. And the Rebbe said, don't take my word for it test my theory here's a ticket go to some community that doesn't really want you you weren't invited they don't know why you're coming go there stay there for 10 years and tell me what happens rabbi herbert wiener was a Reform rabbi But he was interested in mysticism. So he wrote a book called Nine and a Half Mystics. He was the half. And he interviewed nine mystics for the book. He interviewed the Rebbe. The Rebbe didn't give interviews. But for some reason, he got an interview. And among the things that they spoke about, Rabbi Wiener said to the Rebbe, I was talking to some of your students, waiting for my turn to see you, and I noticed that they have these innocent eyes. They're naive, they're sheltered. Is this good? And the Rebbe said, what you noticed is not naivete what you notice is they don't have a split in their eyes because they're not trying to live in two worlds. They know which world they live in. So there's a wholesomeness, not a naivete. And the proof is, if they were naive and I send out a young couple to a community where they're the only Shomer Shabbos, they're the only ones keeping kosher, If they were naive, a few years later, they would all be assimilated. But that's not what happens. They go, and 10 years later, there's a whole observant community built around them. So they can't possibly be naive. So here's what the Rebbe did. He pointed to an absolute truth. Jews want to be Jews. Jews want to be good Jews. Jews want to be better Jews. But the education has been interrupted. The great yeshivas are no longer. So somebody's got to step in. And so couple after couple after couple got one-way tickets to a community and devoted their lives to that community. The results are magnificent. And the reason is because what the Rebbe claimed turns out to be true. Jews really do want to be better Jews. The head of the Reform, Rabbinate, was speaking about the success of Chabad, and they're trying to figure out what's the secret And he said, the reason Chabad is always successful is because at every event at Chabad, they serve food. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, when you serve food, people come. Well, first of all, we're not the only ones who serve food. In fact, there are places you can get better food. So that can't be the answer. Then they came up with another theory. The other theory was that Chabad is so successful because Chabad is non-judgmental. That's really funny. (laughs) If anything, we are the most judgmental. (laughs) A Chabad rabbi meets a Jew and says, do you have a mezuzah on your door? He says, yes. He says, every door? <laughs> One mezuz on the front door? Not enough. How about on the garage? <laughs> Come on. That's non-judgmental. A Chabad rabbi meets a Jew and says, Do you keep kosher? He says, Yes. He says, Glot kosher? <laughs> it's never good enough. Do you put on tefillin? Yes. One pair or two pair? <laughs> Never enough. We're very judgmental. It just so happens that part of our judgment, having studied Hasidus and Kabbalah and Midrash, and all the other parts of Torah, we have come to a conclusion based on strict judgment. And the conclusion is, every Jew is indescribably precious. So it's not a lack of judgment. It's not non-judgmental. It is a premeditated conclusion. Every Jew is the apple of God's eye. You don't mess with that. So why is Chabad successful? Because what the Rebbe claimed is true. It's true. So even after the Rebbe passes away, Jews want to be better Jews. It's still true, so it still works. There's another thing that inspired me as a teenager. The Rebbe believed that young people are idealistic. They don't want to be pampered. They don't want to be spoiled. They don't want an easy life. They want a challenge. They want to feel like they're making a difference. They want to feel like they're doing something, changing the world no less. So that Rebbe created an army out of young people. This is unprecedented. In traditional communities, the elders get all the respect. The elders have all the opinion, the authority. The then started something really different, and people didn't relate to it. They couldn't understand it.